Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to How To Money, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. In each episode, your host, Kate Campbell, brings in a variety of guests to explore everything from buying shares to starting your own business, all with the aim of kickstarting your personal finance journey. Just a quick reminder that everything we cover in this podcast is for financial education purposes only, and we are not giving you any advice. If you do want advice, please seek the help of a qualified and competent professional and do some research. Remember, it's your money, so take control. This episode was kindly supported by eTax Accountants, Australia's favourite online tax agent. eTax is a company that I've personally used for the last few years to complete my tax returns online with live assistance from qualified accountants and definitely no chatbots in sight. Some of their unique features include a live tax refund calculator and deduction tips based on your job to help boost your tax return. So sort out your taxes today by heading to etax.com.au. Hi, David. Thanks so much for joining us on the How To Money podcast today. Thanks, Kate. Excited to be here. (laughs) And we're discussing a very um, exciting topic, credit scores. Yeah, credit scores, you know, they've become very exciting in the last 12 months with all the data coming into the system. So um, they weren't so exciting in Australia 12 or 18 months ago, but there's certainly millions and millions and millions of data records that just flooded the systems or the credit bureaus in the last 12 months. So yeah, there's a lot more in them. Now, before we dive into the fascinating world of credit scores, I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and the company Credit Simple. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been doodling around credit reporting agencies and the financial industry for oh God, 25 years now. Sort of worked for a credit bureau, one called Vita, a while back, which was taken over by a great big American organization, Equifax, and now sort of working with a group, Ilian, which is another credit bureau. And there's really sort of two main credit bureaus in Australia, Ilian and the Equifax credit bureaus. They essentially have the same type of information. On them. So, yeah, I've been involved in finance and credit reporting and data now for yeah, at least 25 years. And Credit Simple is something that we built and launched in Australia about two and a half years ago. And, you know, what we saw was that credit reporting agencies years ago used to try and sell you your financial information. So, it would cost around about $69, $70 to get one copy of your credit report. And we saw this sort of movement globally, particularly with a company in the US called Credit Karma. What Credit Karma did is it went and bought the credit bureau information from the credit bureaus and instead of charging people for access to it, started to give it away for free. 
And we saw, you know, in the US, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and then billions of people started to look at their credit reports and credit scores for free. And that was happening in around about, you know, it started in about 2008 and really has built up steam where I think Credit Karma in the US now have about 100 million people on the platform. So, yeah, it's quite amazing. And in fact, Credit Karma in the US at one point, I think in 2016, was in the top 10 recruiters of people in San Francisco. So it was up there rivaling companies like Google in the way in which it was becoming larger and larger and larger and larger. So we saw that sort of trend happening in the US. And we saw some really interesting trends around companies like Mint that were sort of connecting up your bank account information and starting to present that in a really easy to read categorized format. So about two and a half years ago, we actually launched in New Zealand first and Australia second. And in Australia, we've got you know nearly a million people that get access to their credit reports and credit scores whenever they want for free. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because I remember years ago when I was working for a credit bureau, you know, we had a go at putting, seeing if we could get people to, this is in the bad old days, seeing if people would buy their credit reports for that $69 mark. And we're able to do some marketing and we'd be able to get people to come to the site and see, you know, have a think about getting their credit report. But we could never get anyone to pay $69 for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 2014, we did a bit of a trial and we thought we'd just see how this go if we just gave people access to their information for free. And in October 2014, we were on Sunrise, on the TV show Sunrise, and just told people that you could get access to your credit score and your credit information for free. And within that one week, we had around about 250,000 people that um, came and flooded the site, crashed the credit bureau technology systems, crashed all the software, and uh, really, really got stuck into you know, their financial information for the first time. Yeah. yeah, now we're seeing people come on, get it seamlessly, question it, question the data on the system as well and um, really make some positive changes for themselves. Yeah. So if we take a step back and actually look at what are credit scores and why do we get them and who makes the decision on what your credit score is? Yep. Okay. So a credit score is essentially a number and it's generally a number between zero and 1,000. The higher your number, the better your credit score. And it's a reflection of your credit risk based on the data that is in your credit report. And your credit report has all these things in it, like if you go 60 days overdue, well, actually 30 days overdue on a payment, it'll reflect that you missed a payment to a bank uh, for things like credit cards, personal loans, mortgages, and a whole lot of sort of account information on how you pay your bills to energy companies, telecommunication companies where you get your mobile phone, and essentially anywhere that you apply for credit. And then it has all these other things on it, like bankruptcy. So if you're a bankrupt, that stays there for seven years. If you default on a um, if you default on a loan, and a default is kind of the point at which a, a debt collector is starting to chase you for money, and they stay in your credit for about five years. And then inquiries. Every time you inquire for credit, every time you apply for a loan, uh, the fact of your application and who you applied to that then gets recorded on your credit file. So the credit score is you know it sort of rolls up all that data plus a whole lot of, I guess, demographic data about um, how old you are, where you live, and it sort of calculates based on almost pigeonholing you into a cohort of people and say, you look like these people, and that's how they generally behave, and then that allocates you a number, and that number is your credit score. And the credit score is the sort of likelihood that you're going to pay your loan or not pay your loan on time. So the lower the credit score, 
the less likely you are to or the banks will consider that you'll pay your bills on time. And the higher, the better risk you are and the more valuable a person you are. Mm, So it's really a tool for these financial institutions to sort of see if you're a creditworthy individual. Completely. So traditionally, it's always been a tool for the financial sector, the telco sector and the energy sector. And so they've always used to be able to make help make a decision on whether they should give you a loan or not give you a loan. What we're starting to see today is that people can start to use it to actually get themselves a better deal. So if you've got a high credit score, you should be able to get a better interest rate. And if you've got a lower credit score or credit report, you should be able to then find ways to improve it. And we're starting to see things like risk-based pricing moving to Australia, which is where banks and financial institutions will start to give you an interest rate based on how credit worthy you are. So we're starting to see, and it's only a really recent occurrence, and we'll see that it'll expand and become more prevalent, that if you've got a good credit score, you'll be able to get a better interest rate, a lower interest rate. Mm. Does everyone automatically get a credit score? Do you have to apply for it? or You kind of need to apply for it for the credit score to appear. So if you haven't applied for any form of credit beforehand, the credit bureaus won't know who you are. Okay. But as soon as you make that first application, you're sort of given a credit score. So the fact of making a credit application already starts to find you. And it does it in some really interesting ways. So you know, if you were to apply for a credit card, generally your credit score will drop a little bit. I should just roll back a little bit. Generally, the credit bureaus will look at you and say, as you're applying for credit, they'll call you new to bureau so they don't really know who you are. But based on generally some demographic data around how old you are or where you live, you get allocated a general score. And that general score generally runs around about somewhere between five and 700 out of 1,000. And then the f- mm. you applied for credit for then starts to impact your credit score. And the, the general rule of thumb is, you know, if you apply for a credit card or a personal loan, score drops a little bit. And if you apply for a mortgage, your score goes up. Right. So they prefer mortgages much more over sort of credit cards and personal loans. Yeah, there's kind of a reason for it. And now there's account data on the credit bureau. So it shows if you actually were given that mortgage and how you're repaying the mortgage. And the sort of algorithmic logic works and says, look, if you had been approved for a mortgage, you would have gone through the bank's kind of robust process. And to get a mortgage, they've been assessed, they would have assessed your arm. Firstly, they would have assessed your credit report, credit score, sort of what the credit bureau thinks about you. They would have looked at your income. And then they would have looked at your income and expenses against each other. So are you earning enough money to pay for your lifestyle and therefore get that mortgage? So the fact that you applied for a mortgage and got one, that's a really good indicator that at that point in time, you're a really, really good credit risk. Yeah. So other organizations are sort of basing their decisions off the fact that a financial institution assessed you worthy of a mortgage, essentially. Yeah, that's part of the process. Yeah. Like secondhand data. Yeah, completely. And then all that data then starts to work together. So there's other things that happen within the credit scoring model. So if you apply for too many loans, the credit sort of algorithms will go look at that and say, people that apply for a lot of credit generally exhibit sort of downstream behaviors where they're unable to pay their bills. So if you apply for a lot of credit, then you'll get a lower credit score. And if you apply for a lot of credit in a really, really short space of time, you know, in a week, sometimes the system will look at you and go, wow, that's really strange behavior. Maybe we'll think of you as potentially a fraudulent application as well, because there's just too much velocity in application for credit. Yeah. And so do other, if you say we're applying for a personal loan and then you applied for another company's personal loan a week later, 
would the second company kind of be able to see in your credit file, oh, you've just got another personal loan with a different company. We might not give you another one on top of that. Correct. That's exactly how it works. So the banks and the finance companies will not just look at your credit score, but they'll look at the data on your credit file and they'll make a decision. And they've all got different rules. So one company might say, well, you just applied for a, a previous personal loan. So why are you getting another one straight away? I mean, they'll, they'll look at the other aspects of your life as well. So they'll ask you for your um, income or your expense statements or your banking transaction statements. So they want to see what's going on there and they'll make an assessment together, but kind of all combined together for a decision to be made. Mm. And probably quite relevant at the moment, do all the buy now, pay later services look at this starter or do they just uh, base it off other information? Not all of them. Some of them do. I think there's a whole regulatory discussion going on around whether buy now, pay later companies are providing credit or not providing credit. So Mm. uh, doing credit checks and some of them are not doing credit checks. Right. Okay. Because I know, for example, Afterpay is uh, at the moment doesn't fall into that credit provider bracket. So they probably aren't looking at this data. Yeah, I'm not too sure about Afterpay, but certainly it feels as though most of them will end up at a point you know, very soon where they'll all be doing credit checks. Yeah, and then you could end up, if you've sort of signed up for a lot of different services, you could end up with quite a few inquiries listed on your file without being aware of it. Exactly, exactly. And that's the, then the challenge for the credit bureau scoring to be able to take account of what the current market looks like and you know change their scores so they continue to reflect how society is working. I thought it was really interesting because before the episode, I logged on to Credit Simple and uh, checked my own credit score. And it lists a lot of history on there that things I didn't end up taking up in the end of all sorts of applications and various things I've done that um, it's all there, even if you didn't use them. Yeah, absolutely. All the applications are there. And that actually turns itself into a really valuable facility for people. So one of the things that people that monitor their credit reports and credit scores. So if you were to say use a service like Credit Simple, every time your credit file gets updated, you get alerted that something else has been added. And where that's really helpful is that if you didn't make a credit application, it's a really good indicator that you know someone potentially has pinched your identity and is doing something with your name and your details. So it's a, a really good opportunity to contact a financial institution and say, hey, that wasn't me. So you have the ability to sort of argue back against something on your file. A hundred percent. So there's a, there's a, I mean, we make it really easy in Credit Simple. So all the data is laid out in a credit report and we just put a button there that says, you know, click this if you want to disagree with that piece of information. And then that gets sent through to the credit bureau and there's a process and it's actually a regulated process between the credit bureau and the financial institution to start to, you know, organize themselves into dealing with your dispute. So yeah, you can dispute it. Yeah. And there's an obligation that the industry needs to deal with it within about 30 days. Wow. So they have to look into anything you report. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, um, you know, I think on Credit Simple, it's about 1% of the people that have viewed their credit score, just over 1%, credit score and credit file, have disputed something. And sometimes you know, people just dispute everything just to have a bit of a crack to get stuff off it. <laughs> like a lot of the time, it's actually something really relevant. And we've had great stories where people have been unable to get credit for something you know, really important to them. They've gone and checked their credit file, seen that there's something there that's not about them or it's an inaccuracy and had that change and then been able to move on with life and get going on what they wanted to do. So, it's, yeah, it's really important. It's one of the things you can do that's free and easy to just uh, make life easy and make sure that your history is a true reflection of what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if it's going to affect um, 
products or services you're applying for in the future. You want to make sure that data is as accurate as possible. Absolutely. And it's pretty easy to do, to um, do it for free. There's a bunch of companies around that will charge you, you know, an exorbitant amount of money to do it. So they'll charge you, you know, a thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollars to challenge your credit report. And lots of people pay that money. But what we're trying to do is a lot easier so you can do it for free. Yeah. So what's in it for Credit Simple for doing all of this for free? Yeah, so for Credit Simple, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get financial institutions to price specific to people for good risk. So we can show consumers what they would get in the market. And then if someone uses Credit Simple and decides to get a product at say a personal owner or mortgage, we get paid a bounty from the financial institution. Right. So you're using the data to get the customer a better deal, essentially. Yeah, we're trying to get the customer a better deal. So we, we go out to the financial institutions and telcos and energy companies and say, we've got you know, a load of people that have got good scores. What can you put on the table that would be attractive to them to get them a better deal? And then as we move forward mm. and as open data comes into play, open data is all about your data and um, being able to use it in an effective way. We want to get to the point where we're able to help you identify where you could make savings just by switching or getting a better deal. Yeah. Now, one thing, if you did go and find out your credit score for the first time and then discovered it was 200 out of 1,000 or something like that, because a few years ago, you didn't pay your phone bill for a few months or something like that, how would you go about improving your credit score? So there's a few kind of easy ways to improve your credit score. The first way is to look at it and just what we spoke about before. You know, if there's an inaccuracy on there, you can challenge it and get that um, removed and that'll have a a huge impact on it. The other things you can do is you can have a look at the behaviours that are bringing you down. If you've got a credit score of something like 200, you've probably got a default. So you've got a default on your credit report and that'll be in your credit report and you'll be able to see that. Just paying that default and speaking to the company that you owe the money that brings your credit score way back up. And you see that all the time. So people apply for mortgages. You apply for a mortgage. You've been to the auction on the weekend. You like the house. You put your house for it. And now you're going to go to the financial institution to ask for a loan and you get rejected because there's something from two or three years ago that could be a default on a mobile phone from a couple of years ago. Sometimes just seeing that and being able to pay that default off is the way to do it. That will get your score up significantly. And also in that process of you know having a default, it's not unreasonable to speak to the company that you owe the money to or owed the money to to see if you can you know, negotiate a settlement. So if you owed $500, it's not unreasonable to offer $200 or $250 to clear the debt. So if you could do that, that mm. score back up, that's something that you can do immediately. Most of the things that you can do to improve your credit score sort of take a little bit of time into the future. So if you miss a payment on a credit card by, say, 30 or 60 days, Right now, that'll put a little orange or red mark on your credit report and your score will drop backwards. So my credit report's a really good example of this. So I've got a one credit card and you know, my score was about 860 out of 1,000 and I missed one credit card payment with a credit card company by about 30 days. And so that dropped my credit score down by about 200. Making sure that I paid on time for the next three months got my credit score back up to that level of mid-800s again. Doing that is really, really, really easy. And then there's other things that take a lot of time to get to. So, yeah, have birthdays. So grow older, make your credit, go better. Yeah, do they just think you're more responsible when you're older? You're going to pay off your debts? <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of, it's in the stats. And that's how it works. So the older you are, the older you are, the less likely you are to fault on payments. So the older you get, the more credit worthy the cohorts are. And because you're older, you get stuck in that cohort of people. And therefore, you're judged as being responsible. 
And we see that in the report that we released recently. You know, credit reports, credit scores get better with age. Just get better with age. Yeah, I think you saw in your report recently, the research you did, you said around 50% of Australians don't actually know their credit score. Yeah, 65% of Australians don't know their credit score and 50% of people don't know how it's made or what it's built of or what's in it, you know, how a credit score sort of develops. So yeah, 65% of people don't know it at all. So if you don't want to fall into that 65%, how would you actually go about checking your credit score and keeping track of it? Yeah, so I mean, Credit Simple is quite easy. You basically need to know your name, your address, your date of birth, and you plug those details into the system. And then we just have to verify your identity. So you just need to have some identity handy, like a passport or an immigration certificate or a driver's license. And then that gets verified with a government department. And yeah, in a couple of seconds, voila, your credit score pops up in front of you and your credit report. So it's pretty easy to do. It literally takes you know, 15 to 30 seconds to go and get it online. Mm, and it might be a good chance to learn quite a bit about yourself and your spending and credit history. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people find it quite remarkable when they find out what that number is. In fact, when we think about 65% of people not knowing their credit score or understanding what's in their credit report, it's a really interesting stat because when we tell people that they have credit reports or credit scores and that they get free, it's a really, really big uptake of people that go in and and check it out and look at it. Mm, Because I think most people just don't know it's actually there. I mean, I was in that 65% until a week ago, so... Luckily, not now, but yeah, we don't talk about credit scores at all, really. We don't. And, and the reason being is that they've never been, I guess, marketed to consumers. They've always been a tool that's been used by financial institutions and energy companies and telcos to be able to make decisions on people. And this is where data is becoming so much more interesting to consumers because when you go to a bank and you apply for a loan, they ask you for all your information or permission to go and get it. And you give that to them. But you actually have that in your hands or you own that. And so, you know, you own your credit report, you own your credit score, you own the data within it. You know, open data is bringing some really, really interesting data right now. Uh, We'll bring some really interesting data. So all your transactional and banking history. So it's a really interesting space because it's never been a reason to tell consumers that they, well, there's never been a reason that anyone, any companies use to go and tell consumers that they've got their personal information and that they can go and see it anytime they want to. But as we're moving into this open data environment, we're going to start to see a lot of innovative sort of fintech or technology companies start to gather that information on behalf of the consumer and build really compelling services that make it really easy to save money or get better money. Mm, Absolutely. And if the data is there and it's accessible to you and people are using that to make decisions about you, I I think it's definitely important to actually be aware of what it is. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, the 1% of people that come online dispute something. And that's a pretty big stat where people are really phenomenally interested in their data. And I think what we've seen in the past as well is that people have only ever got interested in their data when it's a problem. And that's the sort of story around you apply for it, you go to the, you go to the, um, the auction, you apply for a home or you win a home at an auction. And then you go to the bank and you apply for that mortgage and you find out that there's something horribly wrong with your credit report. Mm. And that's the only term been a trigger for people to go and look at it where when you actually want to know about it is before you put the hand up at the auction, so before you're considering any form of finance. So that's kind of where we're trying to get people to is to understand before you think about finance. And then I think what you know the very near future holds is that credit information and open data will help you find ways to save money, get a better credit card, get a better rate on a personal loan or get a better rate on a mortgage and tell you about that so that you can go and save money really easily. 
Yeah, amazing. So if people wanted to actually learn a bit more about their credit score or even check their credit score on Credit Simple, where should they go? Sure. Just go to, in Australia, it's www.creditsimple.com.au. Nice and easy. Yeah, it's nice and easy. And we also um, we also give people their business scores as well. So the credit bureaus have got, as they've got credit scores and credit reports on individuals, they've also got credit scores and credit information on businesses or companies. So if you own a company, again, when you apply for some form of credit, just say you're a builder and you're going to go to one of the building construction material companies to get material, they'll actually go and get a credit report on your company. So you can see how your company is judged as well. So that's all there and free as well. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us on the How To Money podcast today and uh, really explaining what credit scores are, how they're calculated and how you can actually go and check them yourself. No problem. It's um, been a pleasure to be on and talk about credit scores and credit reports. <laughs> Thanks, David. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to this episode of the How To Money podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send any questions our way via www.howtomoney.online. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus and we'd love to hear from you. You've been listening to the How To Money podcast.